Blog Talk Radio. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight. Welcome to another broadcast night right here on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to the Tony Stalling Show. The Tony Stalling Show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments heard on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. And now, get ready for an exciting blockbuster Fight the Power episode of Tony Stallings. Right here. Right now. And now, the man himself, Tony Stallings.
everybody. Y'all know I like to talk over my music, but we were talking in the studio just now. Uh, welcome to the show tonight, and I have in the studio with me Mr. Curtis Taylor, Cam I Am, and we are here. I see the phone lines are lit up, and uh, 323-784-9638 if you're listening via the Internet. Please press 1 if you want to talk. Um, I'm gonna be honest though with the with the guests I got tonight, y'all ain't gonna get a word in, man. I ain't gonna lie, y'all ain't gonna get a word. Cam back in the green room and then she's sipping on something and and uh Curtis uh been locked up uh, uh researching all night. Uh I hadn't had my coffee. Y'all are in trouble. <laughs> y'all ain't gonna get to say nothing. <laughs> my music gone. Y'all ain't gonna get to say nothing tonight. But we got some good information for you. Um we did a show last night, um, with uh, J. Anthony Brown. I was on J. Anthony Brown. Jesus Christ. J.R. Thicklin, not J. Anthony Brown. J.R. Thicklin did a show last night, um, Open Healing, A Journey to Holiness, and we talked about this, and I'm going to replay that show tomorrow. But tonight, uh, we're coming at it from a little different angle. Curtis Taylor from Something with the Fellas, Cam I Am, uh, co-hosting here tonight, and I'm going to bring these people on right now because we... Uh, have all been getting some information together. First of all, Cam, what's going on? What's going on, Tony? I'm good. I'm 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 very very. Um, I wouldn't say excited about the show, but I'm 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 ready to talk about everything that happened mm-hmm. on um, last night. Or when did it happen? Yesterday? Today? It was yesterday. It was the day and yesterday. yesterday. It was this morning, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm ready to talk about it. Um, a lot of people have different emotions. Uh, I told my cousin today, uh, I don't want to become a racist. Right now, uh, yesterday, I, I didn't. I really didn't want white folk to say nothing to me. Uh, that's just how I felt at that moment, because when you have uh, an 11-year-old, my daughter, and she, for some reason, kept bringing up Emmett Till. She said, uh, Mama, remember the story of Emmett Till? And she just kept bringing that up. So even tonight, we watched it again uh, on her computer. So, you know, uh, all of these different Shootings and all of these different things that's been happening to black men, um, it makes me flip through the pages of my mind and say, what's really going on? So to have an opportunity to talk about it, I'm ready. There you go. And Curtis Taylor's on the phone, on the line with us. Uh, Curtis, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here, bro. Now Curtis Taylor runs a blog talk uh, show as well called Something with the Something for the Fellas, and a TV show uh, entitled Something for the Fellas. And we all three have been very interested in this subject. Um, I'm kind of ready to dive into it, and I wanted to start off kind of placing the mindset of each one. And I'm a ladies first kind of guy. Uh, I wanted to, uh, since, well, since Cam has already given us a little, little thing about what they felt from last night, it was actually, it started last night. It looks like after midnight, they, things jumped off. And personally, I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let um, uh, Curtis give a brief uh, uh, synopsis of what he felt, felt about it. But to me, Cam was right. It seemed like the setting of it. It seemed like everything was placed for these people to act a fool so they can say, look at those black folk acting up. Um, is that the way you saw it, Curtis, or how did you see it from last night's angle? Well, actually, uh, first and foremost, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show with you guys tonight, yourself and Cam. And, you know, the title that you came up with, Tony, uh, Big Bro, Lynching with a Bullet, that just that speaks volumes in my mind and in my opinion. But, you know, as I said, and, you know, because I, 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 I was glad I got the opportunity to talk to you on the phone last night when I uh, called in the um, JR show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And everything. Yeah. But, you know, as I sat and watched and, you know, they were saying, you know, I had posted a, I had posted a uh, comment on my Facebook page saying, well, uh, people are uh, getting ready to, uh, the special prosecutor is going to come in any moment now. And this was like at 10 minutes to 8. 
uh, Central Time, which was 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And, you know, it, it went up until 8.12 when the uh, special co- prosecutor actually walked into the courtroom. And, you know, as as Cam alluded to earlier, we, we, we pretty much had the gut feeling that we knew what the outcome was going to be. And like you said, the setting that they that it all the way from being the, the crowd, I'm not going to use – a lot of people have been using the word mob. And, you know, I feel like they've been using that word – too loosely, but the crowd, the gatherers that were in front of the police station as they listened, you know, which uh, Michael Brown's mom and his stepdad were at the police station, and then they had different other settings and locations where gatherings of people were, if you will. And, like, uh, I kind of agree with Cam. You know, I don't want to say it was like a setup for failure, but anyone that's of a sound mind would say they knew what to expect, you know, when – you know, they they mentioned when they showed that uh, he had recently gotten married and they showed the marriage license. You know, they were trying to play on heartstrings, if you would, if I can be so bold to say that, to try to portray him in a positive light. Like he's a Officer Wilson. I'm going to say his name, Officer Darren Wilson. Like he's a positive role model. He's a family man. He started a family, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. But, you know, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys and, you know, the way you – uh, titled tonight's show, Lynching with a Bullet, and as Cam alluded to earlier, makes you going back into the annuals of our minds and then the annuals of history. I'm, I'm just ready to dive into the show myself. I mean, I'm ready. Like I told you, like, Tony, like we talked last night, I was like, people were blowing yeah. up my phone. They were, uh, I mean, it was so bad. My phone processor went out of day. I, I texted you about that earlier. I was like, what in the world? I said, you know what? The devil is a lie. We're going to make this thing happen tonight. <laughs> you, you know but, what? Uh, we had to do it. We may have to do another show tomorrow because I only did an hour tonight. Curtis, Cam, there's so many different angles in my mind right now. Okay, lynching with a bullet, police and black males. That's easy for people to say, wow, man, do you know the police are killing us. They, they really, they're, they're shooting us down in the street. But then look at it on the flip side, man. Did you, either one of you, if you go to my Facebook page, if y'all listening now, really, I was just playing earlier. If y'all want to uh, talk to us or get in on this, 323-784-9638. And press one three two three seven eight four nine six three eight, and we'll let you talk. But did either one of you see when Curtis? Oh, Curtis is God. I'm sorry, Curtis. When Michael Brown's mother stood on top of the car after the verdict and said, "I don't bother nobody," and then she started crying. Michael Brown's stepfather stepped up there, and he turned around. If any of you got kids listening, is it prime time? Oh, is it prime time now? Oh, it's, it's, it's late. Okay. <laughs> Tell your kids to turn away. He said, anybody got kids listening, make sure they get away. But it was on national TV last night. It was out there. He turned around to the crowd, and he shouted, burn this bitch down. He said, burn this MF down. Now, right. when I posted that on my page, some people said, well, I can understand. Uh, if it was my child, uh, I might have done the same thing. Can anybody relate to that? I mean, is it just me, or is that too aggressive to tell people that's been standing there all night with Molotov cocktails to burn this bitch down? Is it just me? Hey, Tony. Well, well, you know. Go ahead, Cam. First of all, um, he was the stepfather. Right. I looked at him, and this is coming from a female. Okay. I looked at him and I did hear the mother saying no, no, no. I looked at him. I looked at the image that they have or that they expect us or our young men to portray with the sagging pants, his boxes were oh, showing. Yeah. yeah. They expected yeah. us to burn the bitch down. Yeah. And that's what yeah. he was saying. But his mother and his biological father were the ones that was, and first of all, I don't believe that there can be a peaceful protest. Now, I believe that there can be a non-violent protest. When you say a peaceful protest, that means that when you're walking down the street, if somebody says something out of the way to you, you're not going to say anything back. Now, I've marched in film. I've marched for Donald Jefferson. I've marched for 
for the, 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 when we were trapped in the school system. And let me tell you something. There is no such thing as a peaceful protest. But there is a such thing as yeah. a nonviolent protest. And I think that's what people mean when they say a nonviolent protest. And I think that what he did, and I'm going to go out on the limb when I say this, Maybe he was just, quote, caught up in the minute, or maybe that was just his image. Because, you know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in you will come out of you. And maybe that's just how he felt. But had he not said that, would it have gone on? Probably. Ain't no telling. Probably. Probably. Because, you know what, we set up things for what will happen. They already called in the National Guard. They already decided, okay, these black folks gonna act a fool up in here. Okay? So let's get let's get prepared for it. They they were already prepared for it. Why would they do it in They said that they did uh, because they, they were waiting on people to get out of work and they were waiting on children to get out of school. So honestly they knew that they were not going to indict this man. Did, did you see they that knew. when he said that? You know what? This I, I saw that, and this is just you know I, this is just my take on that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and Cam alluded to this a second ago. You know, it, it true indeed. The, uh, the gentleman was the stepfather. Now, the mm-hmm. question that the the thing that I've been battling with within myself, being a father, and uh, being a father of a son and a daughter and things of that nature. And actually, when my ex-wife and I were married, she had kids. You know, we didn't have any together, but I, did, I never looked at her kids as my stepkids. They were my kids. I was with their mom, married, so they were mine. Now, the question right. I've been battling was, when he made that comment, was it from a place of genuine rage because of the relationship that he may or may not have had with the young man, Michael Brown, or was it an arterial motive? I'm going to just be honest. Mm-hmm. That that's the thing that I've been battling with, you know, looking at his posture and things of that nature, and you know, I'm like, okay, um, and and you know, was he of a sober mind as this was going on? You know, all mm-hmm. kind of mitigating factors got to fall into place. So the thing that I've been battling with, as far as that man goes, was what was what was his intentions? Did that did that comment come from a place of genuine rage that they killed right. my son or my stepson, or was that you know what, let's just do this. So that's the thing I've been battling with right there. And you know, only that man can answer that question. What got me about the thing was, check this out now. Now, and this brings another thing into the element. It's so many elements in this. Lord, we need two shows. We need another show. The first off was, like you, Cam hit it. Man, Cam, you nailed it. There was this young black guy, when he turned around, that his drawers were. His drawers. His pants was down there between his knee and his butt. <laughs> you can see every bit of his drawers. He turned around and hugged. Now I'm in don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not insensitive, but I'm trying to let people I think it was Malcolm X said that the media has a they have the power to make a person innocent or guilty. Now check this out. Darren Brown was was uh was not indicted. So he gets on this car with her he turns around, there his, his his sagging pants are, and hang with me on this. He hugs her. He turns around and says, burn this bitch down. When they replayed it on CNN, I can understand lies, but check this out. When they replayed it, they didn't beep out the word. They didn't uh, 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 haze out his butt. To me, it looked like that's what they wanted us to see. That's right. what they wanted put out there. It wasn't, and let me clear this up. Everybody listening, three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. It was yes. not, it was only 300 protesters, according to CNN's count last night. Guess what? It's 21,000 people in Ferguson. It's 350,000 people in St. Louis. 300. They said it was a mob. My thing is this. Some of this stuff, and that's another angle for me, is media driven. I think the media right. wanted an act of fool. I think the medium was they were so glad it was almost 
staged, man. They had the camera on this guy. He turned toward the camera. I mean, it it seems staged to me. It seems like they wanted it to happen. It seems like and they you put know the why? mic to his mouth. Go ahead. What you, you, know why? you know why? Okay. They wanted okay. the camera to be on him as the stepfather of a man who is saying, burn this bitch down, of a young man who has been, who who everyone is saying is a thug who, when Angela Benjamin came on the show, and I don't know if she's listening, but when we did research and he was uh, allegedly taking those uh, cigars at the store, and the store owner's attorney said that he did not take the cigars from the store, but the image that the media wants to set is not only was he a thug, but his stepdad is a thug too. So here it is that we have a young man that was shot down in the street like a dog, and his stepdad is standing on top of a car with a draw showing, hollering, burn the bitch down, burn the motherfucker down, excuse my language, but that's what he said. I'm calling him church folk that think that preachers don't, I'm, I'm calling what the man said. Burn it down. What's the image that the media right. wanted to portray of black folk last night, and they did it well? Yes. Yes. This. My thing is this. They burned it down. Okay? They burned it down. But what 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 did it what did it happen? Did they burn the courthouse down where the tickets are? <laughs> when when you get stopped, did they burn the courthouse down where people won't know how much they owe on their land? Did they burn right. that down? Right. <laughs> my, my thing is this right here, Tony. I, I if I can chime in on that real quick. Uh, now, as far as uh, the media sensationalization, that's their mm-hmm. job to get ratings, mm-hmm. and they're going to go by any means necessary to get those ratings. Now, the the, the true video that was showed, and you and I uh, talked about this on another show that we did, where they actually showed uh, the young man, Mike, strong-arming the little store owner, and he did, in fact, have the cigarillos in his hand, and walked out of the store with the cigarillos. That's fact. That's I mean that's that's documented. They couldn't that's doctor a, that tape. But nobody talked about and see that's what I'm saying. The same thing that the DA said last night. Evidence outweighs eyewitness. Nobody wants to talk about the store owners statement that came from the attorney. Everybody wanna talk about that video, but don't nobody wanna talk about the statement that came from the attorney. If you gonna talk about the video, Curtis, come on and talk about what the attorney said. Okay, well the, Williams. The, and let's get some facts up in here. The point I was trying to make is that even though the video clearly showed what he did at that moment, I don't know whether I can't speak for being in his mind frame or whatever the case may be all I'm saying is the facts show the video now. The the store owner's attorney and the statement that he made, the only point that I was trying to make, regardless of he stole 50 million cigarillos, it still did not warrant that young man to lose his life. That's the only point I was trying to make. Regardless if the video showed him uh, stealing everything, all the money out of the cash register, I don't care what the video showed, it still didn't warrant the young man to lose his life. That's the point I was trying to make. Now, as far as the attorney and his statements and everything, the the most and let me just say this, Cam and Tony, to me in my opinion, this is the most pivotal this is the most pivotal piece of this whole case. When they did the testimony, when they got the testimonies, the grand jury, when they got all these testimonies, is there's one witness, witness number ten. And if you guys did the research and been checking it out, you gonna you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Whoever and of course they're not naming him. They're just or him or her, is just witness number 10. At first, witness number 10 said that he viewed, he viewed the whole scenario, the whole from the first shot being fired, that was supposedly the, which was supposed to be the graze wound to uh, Michael's, Michael Brown's thumb. Well, that was supposed to be the first shot fired right there, okay? And all the way up to the 12th shot that was fired. Now, when he initially was interviewed, he said he saw this entire thing transpire and take place 
from 100 yards. Okay, just give me a second and follow me where I'm going with this. This uh-huh. individual said he viewed this from 100 yards. Okay, now this thing, now now when, he, when it came, now that was the first police interview that he gave under oath. Now, key words, he gave this testimony under oath to the police station in the presence of an attorney. Now, when it got to the grand jury, this same witness, witness number 10, not only did he change his story, but he lessened the distance that he viewed it. Because at first, remember, y'all, he said he saw everything from about 100 yards away. That's a, that's a whole football field, 100 yards. I can stand in one end zone and, and can see the other end zone but can't see everything clearly, and I got 20-20 vision. Now, not only did he change his story, but he said the, the second distance – was not only did he happened it. He said, well, yeah, I saw everything. I was right there. And they said, well, what was your distance? Oh, it was about 50, 75 yards. The first word he said was 50. And then he said 50, hmm. maybe 75. But in the initial interview that he gave under oath, I might add, was 100 yards. Mm-hmm. My question is, why didn't somebody check him on that? Mr. Witness number 10, wait a minute. It says right here in this transcript that under oath, you testified saying that you saw everything from about 100 yards. See, th- this whole thing is just unraveling itself. Right. Especially I when agree. it got to the grand jury. I mean, I'm the type, I, it, it, as much as my heart bleeds, I'm a realist at the same time. I look at facts of the situation. I'm not just going to side with this or side with that. Give me the facts. Don't give me the pregnancy. Give me the baby. Don't give me the pregnancy. Give me the baby. Lord have mercy. Woo. And, then, <laughs> and a, lot, hey, hey, a, lot of, a lot of that script, Mr. Curtis, is it, it's unraveling. Right. Exactly, Cam. That's why I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and, and witness number 10, whoever witness number 10, and it's going to come out. Hey, whoever on, witness number something. 10 is. We're gonna, we're it's gonna like the witness thing. number 10 is like witness number 3 in the OJ case. That one person pretty much sealed the fate for this grand jury to come back with a no indictment. Hey, hold on a second. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and then we're going to bring Tommy on. Uh, he wants to make a comment. Oh, oh real quick. A- they just, yeah. in uh, Ferguson, they just set another police car on fire, y'all. This is happening as we speak. Wow. Hang hmm. on. We're going to be right back after this brief message. We're going to get Tommy on. Hang on, Tommy. we see you out there. We're going to be back in just a second. via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the Soul of America Radio. Hello, I'm Captain, and I'm fighting the power. On the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Tony Stalins on Soul. And as much as I love that song, we are back tonight. You're listening to Lynching with a Bullet. Police and blackmail on the Tony Stalin Show special guest. We're talking to Curtis Taylor Sr. from Something for the Fellas. 
And we got Cam, I am in the house. Everybody's off the chain tonight, and we have been discussing what went on in Ferguson in general, how this thing has been affecting us. And um, I don't think we, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We got Tommy holding. I'm going to go ahead and get Tommy on and see what he's got to say. Hey, welcome to the Soul of America Radio, Tommy. What's up? What's happening? Nothing much, brother. What's doing? on your mind? All right. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy, how's it going, bro? What's going on? Hey, Kurt. What up, Doc? My main man, Kurt, man. This is Spock, man. You already know me off the block, Decatur, Alabama. This is Tommy McCullough. T- talk to the people, you, bro. You already know. Man, listen here. First of all, I want to commend you, brother, on the moves that you're making and the things that you're trying to do. And I want to say that, you know, keep doing your thing and you you keep pushing in the right direction. I'm, I'm rooting for you. You know what I'm talking about? I'm seeing what you're doing. And I'm hearing the conversation that y'all are bringing about, and I'm hearing the views that y'all are speaking from, and I just want to say I commend y'all. Keep doing your thing, because sooner or later our voices shall be heard. You know, and also I just want to bring about the fact that the thing that's going on in Ferguson, <clears throat> this is not just a one-man incident or a one-time incident. All we have to do is open our eyes and look to the left, look to the right, Look in every major city in America and look at our recent history, not only our recent history, but the history of our people in this country. And all we got to do is look around and see that this is not just an out-of-the-blue occurrence. This is a a regular thing that's been going on, happening to our people. And when it's being portrayed in the media, in the the mainstream media, you know, you got all of these right-wingers or whatever you want to call them or what kind of label you want to put on them, and they want to downplay it. And they want to make our people look like animals because we're sick and tired of the wrong that we have been dealt with for all of these years. And the bottom line is, see, they, they have no clue of what we go through as black men. And, but, you know, they all want to say that, you know, uh, it, it's equal opportunity and we can do this and we can do that. But all you got to do is look in every major city in the nation. And when you look in our ghettos across the country, not only in Chicago, but when you look in Memphis, all we got to do is look an hour down the road in Birmingham. All you got to do is look in Atlanta. You look in Nashville. You look in uh, Louisville. You look in Indianapolis, right out where I was born at. You know, you look up in Gary. You look up in Flint. And what we have is we have, we have uh, you know, pawn shops, you know, dealing the guns, so are you. You have uh, the guns, you know, being able to be accessed by you, not only through the pawn shop but in the streets as well. You have, you have, uh, you have the liquor stores on every corner. You have the drugs on every block. And so what we, what we have to look at is and say, now, you know, we always want to throw the black man under the bus and throw the black woman under the bus. But what you have to ask is, is it a coincidence that this is going on in every major city in America, maybe with the exception of one or two, and we got 50 states with multiple cities in every state? All we have to do is open our eyes. And what we have to do is the only way that we are going to be able to overcome these issues that we are having as black men Black women and the race as a whole is we what we're gonna have to do is is we're gonna have to reach down in the gutter. We're gonna have to reach down in the gutter and we're gonna have to reach out to our youth because you have to understand that our youth has been missing a whole lot of guidance because you know when you look back in the 80s when you look in the dope game era you know you had a lot of people that was out there they might have had themselves in situations got themselves in situations been succumbing to situations to where they had to do the things that they had to do. But at the end of the day, we've been exploited for, for we've been exploited for being this and being that. When the fact of the matter is, when I look at our OGs who was older than us, the guys that helped raise me and bring me up and put real things in my head and all that, they wasn't doing this thing for the sport or doing this thing because they wanted to do it or doing it for the glitter and the gleam. They just saw the American dream and wanted a piece of it right. and didn't have no other means to go get it. And so, with that right. being said, we got so many individuals that was uh, you know been down. Then had to go sit down, do time, been murdered by police, by our own, by the game itself. Mm-hmm. And so you got all of these youth who growing up and they lost. And so what we right. have to do is we have to we have to we have to reach out. We have to reach out right. and we gotta get to our youth. And we gotta take their youth and we gotta make them you understand that violence and dope 
is not what needs to be respected, but education right. and, uh, and being a stand-up guy is what needs to be respected, and we got to get people in the upper positions. In the We, we right. got to get real people in politics is what we got to do, and that's the bottom right. line. If, if we right. don't get real, if we, if we, we don't get we got to vote. And see, and see, I recall as well when I will vote, when this vote happened just here a couple of weeks ago, that the people of Ferguson, I understand that y'all mad and all that. And we and and, and also, I can respect our views as well to say, well, it ain't no need in us voting because they do what they want to do anyway. And which that seems true as well. But we don't really know that because when, you know, when Obama ran, we came out to the office and voted, you know, both times. But right. in between right. the times when we could have voted to help to get to get the people in there that might want to help pull better for him instead of putting against him just because of the color of his skin, which that's all it is, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't do that. Well, we had, what we had to do is we had to put the word out to our people. We got to reach down to them youngest and get in their head. And that's the thing about it do. is, um, it's like uh, I'm looking at uh, looking at the whole picture. Now, Tom, Tommy made a good point, and, and thank you for this call, Tommy. Tommy made a great call. Tommy made a good point that I wanted to kind of expand on quickly. Aggressive behavior, and he said that that the youth don't need to see that. But look at this, though. The media, in my opinion, set up this pattern. And, and anyone that's listening, 323-784-9638, if you're holding, please plus one. If anybody's out there that's familiar with the civil rights struggles in the in the sixties, please and if you're listening, give us a call at three two three seven eight four nine six two eight and press one. I kind of wanted to get your perspective on what's happening now. If you were actively in, and I don't mean it because Cam know everybody. Everybody was on the bridge, but the but if you were in that particular era, call us and 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 we want to hear your take on it. But I wanted to say that the difference between sixties and now was, in my opinion. Two things: the media. We didn't have 24-hour CNN. We didn't have Facebook to post blow by blow. Now look at what the youth are looking at. And I'm gonna be quick because I don't want to hog this up. I want to get this back over. You got the the police exerting aggressive behavior. That is known. They will beat you down. We know that. We have black males exerting aggressive behavior. I said it. That's right. I said it. In other words. Instead of teaching, instead of going out, I don't know what he did, but in my opinion, there was some kind of aggressive behavior from Michael Brown. I'm just sorry. I'm not saying it was right to kill him. I'm not saying it was right to shoot him. But he had to have had some aggressive behavior according to what the facts led up to be. Number three, you got aggressive behavior from the protesters. You got the father saying, burn this bitch down. All of these kids, these youth are watching this live on CNN. They're, they're listening to these things on Facebook. And guess what? Guess what, Cam? Guess what? Guess what, Curtis? Guess what, Tommy? They are seeing aggression from the police. They're seeing aggression from the uh, from the black males that are being killed because they tried to do the same thing to Trayvon Martin. They are seeing aggression from the protesters tearing up, burning, looting, rioting, and hurting each other. So when they get older, how are they going to handle it? How are they going to handle it? Most of us, Cam and um, and um, uh, Kurt, we are from that peaceful generation. So we're standing back going, what the hell is this? But this is all they know. This is all they know. Is it, it, Am I wrong? Is anybody else seeing it like that? Bro, you know what? No, First I, of all, let me say this. Let me further. My boy, uh, Tommy Sparks, I, I, I commend you. For coming on the show tonight, and that yes. man, the, the the statement that you put forth, bro, that was so profound, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really beaming with pride right now, just to the fact that I know you, and we've been knowing each other since '06, and you know, just knowing the things that you've overcame in your life, man. I, right now, I just want to say, I, I'm beaming with pride for you, bro. Right now, I mean, you, you've really you really expounded yourself and shown yourself to be a true person in that nature, and uh, Tony just. Again, it's man. You and I have done so many shows together, and and it goes down, back to this, man. When it comes, like uh, Tommy made a comment, you know, we got to show these youngsters a different way of doing things, whether it be in the hood or out of the hood. Let me just say two things, and I'm gonna be real brief. First of all, it starts at the house. We as men hey. yes. got to take our places back as men and start in the house because when our kids go to school, we lose eight hours a day every day 
with our kids where they're exposed right. to so many different personalities, so many different affluences, so many peer pressures and things of that nature. So we as men, especially black men, got to take our spots back. We got to take our place back. And then the other thing that I want to say is this. We got to get away from that mentality that if it ain't mine, it don't concern me. Damn that. If it ain't mine, yeah, it is mine. I might not have had him biologically, but if I can show him or instill in him a better way of doing things, that's my obligation to do so. That's your obligation to do so, Tony. That's your obligation to do so, uh, Spark. That's your obligation to do so, Cam, for the young ladies and things of that nature. So we got to start within ourselves first. Wow, that's true. That's true. Well, hold on just a second. We're going to bring another person on that wanted to talk with us. J- oh, this person here, J.R. Thicklin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, J.R. Thicklin. J.R. Thicklin hosted the show last night, Hoping Healing a Journey to Holiness, and we discussed this a little bit. Jay, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much, Tony. I- I'm so glad I finally got in and got a chance to listen to the last few minutes, and you guys are sizzling with so many great points of view. And I tell you, it's really refreshing to hear this, the sound of accountability that is being uh, spreaded on the airways today. I think it's so important that we as a people don't always cry victim, and we have to understand where our personal responsibility comes in at. Uh, the gentleman that was just speaking, I think he hit it on the head when he talked about the fact it goes back to home, and it starts back at home. You know, that's an Ashante proverb that says, the ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people how evident and fitting it is in this case here, because this is what we're seeing. You know, when we have made it so convenient for us not to be there, I saw someone post a sign to say, hey, brothers, men, it's all right. You can stay home now. And what the backdrop of that was the fact you're no longer in slavery. You don't have to worry about being studded with every woman and, and not being there to take care of your children or being there. And the thing about it, what we're missing is that guidance and that foundation. And, Tony, I think you said something that was so profound, and I don't even think that we all caught it. It's the fact of the cultural, the, the, the generational diversity and the difference in culture of that time versus this time here, that we're living literally in a culture of violence now. Violence is in everything that our young people see. Everything. Listen, Roadrunner and the Coyote was very violent in that day and time in cartoons. But have right. you seen the cartoons of these days and time? It is amazing. Everything right. that they see has a culture of violence. We came yeah. up when we finally got video games. It was Atari, and we had the little, you know, tennis. Hello? Hello? I think we well, lost we Jay, lost, man. Yeah, we lost Jay, but um, I think what he was saying was I'm gonna talk till he come back on. Looks like Jay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, go ahead. We lost you for a second. Yes, but I think you're right. I said the culture of violence is the difference in this day versus that day. Is that our people, our kids, are exposed to violence inside of everything, inside of media, inside of cartoon, inside right. of everything. And so when they're dealing with violence everywhere, when they see the good guys doing violence and the bad guys doing violence and everybody doing violence, what type of response do we expect to happen? Right. And so we have to go back and re-educate and empower our people. We have to become the change that we desire to see in the world. And I'm afraid that we can't point fingers at anyone else because I honestly believe that we teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to treat us. And it starts with right. us valuing our own self valuing our own lives, and the fact that I value you. Understand, if I value you, Tony, there's a way that I entreat you. If I value uh, the black-owned business, that's the way I entreat it. But by the same token, we saw some stuff happen that we're not showing value. And as a result of it, we're seeing the chaos that we are. Check this out, though, Jay, Cam, and Curtis. I I agree with everything you said, man. We get stars at home. But look at this. When we're not teaching them, they're sitting in front of a TV set. The TV set is where they're learning a lot of this stuff at. The media, check the media out. The media mm-hmm. is portraying the police side, the black males, and the protesters, and the parents. Everybody's aggressive. These kids are learning from that TV set. I'm wondering if we are allowing the media to raise our children sometimes. Because when we were all, most of us, I don't know, uh, Cam is a little younger, but most of us here, 
grew up in that era where, like you said, Jay, cartoons were happy. Uh, there was mm-hmm. some fun on TV, uh, Good Times, uh, uh, Fred Sanford. Most of the, even the comedic shows now, have some element of anger, uh, twisted conversations, twisted minds, and it's gearing us toward this aggressive behavior. Now we're seeing this played out. Man, they built this thing up how many days? About four days about the uh, about the decision? It's almost exactly. like they said, look, meet us downtown with Molotov cocktails, and we're going to make sure. And then, and then, they, then the, 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 the uh, district attorney said, wait a minute, hold on a second. In case they didn't get to, get to the hardware store and get some bottles and Molotov cocktails, we're going to wait till 9 o'clock tonight so they can show enough pitch a fit. It's the media. Exactly. The media let, has a let, lot. Let me, let me chime in real quick, Jay. And uh, Tony, t- hey Jr. This is Curtis, man, from Something for the Fellas. You, you, th- just to piggyback yes, off of what you, what you just said, and and Tony, I'm definitely in agreement with you as well, Big Bro. Th- this is the thing, we got to take control back. Like I can't mm-hmm. speak for everybody else, but what I do, and these are just steps that we can take. You know, like like Tony said, the, the TV has can if you allow it to raise your children. Social media mm-hmm. can if you allow it to raise your children. I don't care, what, speaking for, okay, I'm going to use my son, Lil' Kurt, for an example. I don't care his Facebook. I know his password. I, I can get his cell phone when I get ready. Right, because, yeah. I, like I tell him all the time, I'm daddy. Your friends is at school that you deal right. with for them eight hours. But when you get around daddy, I'm daddy. I'm going to be mm-hmm. able to monitor everything that you're doing, or you just won't have a phone or anything else, as far as I'm concerned. So Absolutely. it's up to us to take those steps to reinforce those traditional values and beliefs that w- that were instilled in us growing up. You know, I, I speak from, I'm, I'm in my 40s, and uh, Tony, you're a little bit older than me or whatever, but regardless of whatever, you, we all pretty much came that. up in the same era. Where right. I mean, I remember right. growing up where you can get a whipping from every adult on your block if you messed up. I mean, I can attest <laughs> to that right there. Absolutely. I mean, this ain't something somebody told me about. I lived that right there. So the only point that I'm trying to make on that is that, and and Jr. hit it on the nail, and again, I'm piggybacking off it, just certain steps that we can do to implement to take, if we've let it go or we've lost sight, we're going to give you ways to get it back. I I like uh, uh, the example Cam Cam sets with her daughter because I keep a watch on her for social media. Cam has, and I can tell she does. Cam, you still there, right? Yes, I'm here. Cam has a very good hold on her daughter's Facebook page. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've noticed that, and she posts all these positive things about her. So I, I think a, a lot of us can get more involved that way because, to be honest, man, these kids are on there twerking and finding out things like this. All they're hearing, and you know, there is no, uh, there is no uh, censorship on Facebook. In case y'all didn't know that, there is no Absolutely. one censoring what's happening on Facebook. And Jay, we were talking earlier. I don't know if you were on how the father of, well, the stepfather, I'm sorry, uh, stood up on a car right, right after the decision, and said, "Burn." And excuse me if there's any children out there, and I no disrespect to Pastor Stickland, but he stood up on this car and said, "Burn this bitch down." That's what he said. CNN allowed it. CNN had him standing on the car with his pants down his butt. That's the image our kids are looking at. They're taking that now, and it's all over Facebook. They're, they're, and and you're, you assert it with the aggressiveness of some of the rap music. All rap music isn't bad. You add that. You add the element of the media. You add the police being shown aggressive. You add the black males being shown aggressive, such as Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown. You add the element of the protesters burning the B down. What do we got, fellas? What do we got, Cam? What do we got? What do we got? Tony, the only thing we have is to go back what the gentleman said earlier. It has to start at home. We have to teach our children morals. We have to teach our children self-worth so that when they go to the streets, that they realize that their self-worth begins within. And also, we have to teach them to respect authority. We have to teach them you that... You cannot handle adults. As a child, I am the one that handles adults. You are Absolutely. not adults, even at school. If your teacher tells you to do something, they may be wrong, but you do what they tell you to do, and when you come home, you tell me, and then I handle them. You don't handle adults. Right. 
We have to teach our children to respect authority. And we're living in a society now where children do not respect authority. Right. We're Absolutely. living in a society where adults don't respect authority. Right. And that's where right. it's being passed now. And the children exactly. are mimicking what they see. And so we, we think about the fact if we cannot if if we cannot take control and begin to train them and groom them at home, then guess what? They're going to be trained or going to suffer consequences on the outside. And so it goes right back. The ruin of a nation begins in the homes of its people. But yet it's still the one place that we have authority and that we can control or should be able to control is home. But I do oftentimes think that part of our problem is that we think that we're taking things away from our children uh, and, and, and rather than understanding the fact what we're doing is really training them. They don't have to have everything everyone else has. They don't have to do things in excessive amounts like everyone else does. You know, back in the late 90s, I wrote a paper that was talking about children, and I was talking about children of the, 20, uh, 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 the children of the 21st century. I was talking about uh, uh, the things that would come. And one of the things I talked about was the fact of, you know, children are in this dichotomy of being accepted versus being respected. And so what happened, people have given to in to being accepted versus being respected. And so guess what? Wow. In order to be accepted, it doesn't require a whole lot. It just means going along with the go-along. It just simply means being like everyone else. But in order to be respected, you have to take a stand. My personal definition that you won't find in Western, that you won't find in American heritage, is that respect is defined as valuing one's sense of self-worth. When I value myself, that's what calls me to be respectful. I don't act a fool because I'm worried about you. I don't act a fool because I value myself. I don't That's do right. stupid stuff because I'm concerned about what folks say. I don't do stupid stuff because I value myself. And that's what right. we have to begin to talk about. Half of your fight, somebody, he dissed me. No, he didn't diss you. He, did, he dissed himself. He didn't value himself. And you're not going to value yourself if you're going to meet violence with well, violence. And, and, and those also, are the we have to go back to those lessons. Also, we talked about this last night, Jay, and time is really against us. Before I get into this, can, can y'all want to do another? Because we didn't really get into I only had an hour show. And if y'all want to do this again tomorrow, we can really get more involved in it. I just didn't have enough time. So I'm going to do this again tomorrow, and I, I want you all to come back. But the thing that, the thing that I, I really uh, uh, wanted to expound on was this, too. We really, when, when I sit down, and I said this last night on your show, Jay, when I sit down at the table with my young men, I got actually three young men, two of them are living with me. I tell them all the time, I tell them all the time, I said, you are a black male. That means that you have an, a target on your chest. And I tell them wherever you go, whatever you do, you've got a target on your chest, so you got to act like it. I tell them when you got your head in the lion's mouth, you got to pet the lion. That's not being weak. That's just telling them like it is. You can either be, you can either grab yourself by the scrotum and tell them what you ain't gonna do, and and walk that little silly walk because your pants about to fall and get beat down and shot in the street, or you can either comply and fight it the legal way. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Comply and fight it the legal way. Other than that, what is it? What does it mean? It don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. So uh, we are we are, are definitely out of time. Please, y'all, come back. We're going to try to do this tomorrow. Uh, we only got two minutes left in the show. But, Cam, thank you so much uh, uh, for uh, for expounding um, um, everything that you did. Curtis, thank you so much, brother. Jay. It's my pleasure, bro. I appreciate you. Tomorrow I'm going to do another show because I only did an hour show tonight. Uh, I'm going to do it tomorrow, and I kind of want to expand a little bit more on that, uh, what we were talking about uh, with the aggressiveness of, of the black male. And uh, uh, don't forget to join uh, Jay next Monday. He's going to be doing Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We've had some technical difficulties, but he will be coming back. Curtis Taylor will be doing something for the fellows. Check him out. Uh, what's your website, Curtis? Uh, oh man, I'm so I'm so excited about this show. Hey, you know what? We'll do that another time. Let's, okay, let's, okay. Let's cool, keep the focus cool. on this right now. There you go. Tomorrow we're gonna meet up. Cam, can you make it tomorrow? Yes, sir. 
All right, I appreciate that. I love all of you, man. And remember, uh, I'm going to go ahead and end this now. It's still a wonderful world. If the light's out in the stadium and it looks like you've lost, even though it looks like you've lost, if God has said you won, then you have won. It's still a wonderful world, y'all. We'll see y'all tomorrow, same time, same bad station. Y'all be careful.